This is GSAP Conversations from the Graduate School of Architecture, Planning and Preservation at Columbia University in New York City. I'm Dean Amal Andraos. Thanks for listening. Andres, I'm so excited to be speaking uh, with you today. I've been a fan of your work for many years already and thrilled to have you at the school. Uh, I know that, uh, well, for me, you're definitely one of the most exciting architects right now practicing not only around the world, but across scales and really with the capacity to bridge um, theory and practice and to bring, you know, bring discourse and a kind of level of engagement through design in your own work with a kind of freshness that, uh, of course, I love. Tell us a little bit about some of the exciting projects you have going on, because I know that a lot is bubbling up. Yeah. Well, it's a moment uh, that is very exciting for me and I think for the office. Uh, we're doing a number of things now. For instance, we're doing something that is the ocean space for TBA 21, which is the transformation of San Lorenzo Church and other buildings in Canareggio in Venice to make it become a little bit of the uh, embassy of the ocean. And that brings, that, I mean, the challenge is basically how to, uh, how to take something like the ocean, so complex, with so many different agents, with different sensitivities, times, spaces, and bring it to a single space, a single architectural device. So what's the, the, the way a device could become a little bit of an embassy, an access point, kind of a, not a control room, uh, kind of an out of control room, but a sensing device, something that could allow to sense this immensity and this huge diversity the, the ocean is made of. Uh, we're also working with the school now, the Regio School in Madrid, which brings something of a different challenge. Basically, we're trying to see what's the way we can immerse people in, a, in an ecosystem in which they grow by being exposed to the immensity and the huge uh, complexity of the universe. And it's not really a universe because it's not unified. It's more a multiverse. And that's something that architecture can do. And at the same time, we're working, for, inst for instance, with Real Madrid, and we're uh, developing a network of spaces of hospitality, kind of what could be in the past understood as hotels, but it's something that we have to reinvent when it comes to produce a global network of spaces that could somehow cater to a community that is equally moving from one place to another. And that's kind of the more building-oriented things, but we're opening a few, in, a, in, a, in a few days an installation at the Whitechapel Gallery, which is a reenactment. It's being prepared, a reenactment of This Is Tomorrow, that is called Is This Tomorrow? And we're working with artists, Jacoby Satterwhite, uh, to do that, and many, many other things. So I would say that this is a moment in which basically we're discussing what's the way that architecture in itself, design, could cater to realities that exceed its limits, and what is the way that we produce architectural devices that somehow are activating uh, a discussion, an interaction, a collaboration that are happening at a distant uh, space or time, and that also are happening at larger or much smaller scales? For me, this is the paradigm in which we are. This is the paradigm in which architecture is becoming very important, and the challenge is how do we work to make architecture relevant in all these different scales and all these different times? It's always been interesting to me um, to hear you speak about how you're bringing architecture and design you know, to these kind of spaces and territories where 
um, they don't necessarily exist. But you're taking the skills that we have, visualization skills, drawing things together skills, and uh, especially thinking across scale. You know, as architects, we're always like, we, you know, we need to be at the table. And, you know, as a kind of, uh, you know, eternal lament uh, of, you know, our status today. And you, you know, your position, but we're already there. You know, design is already there. Design is everywhere. Do you feel that this is something that's gaining traction? Yeah, I think we have no time for nostalgia. And now there's no time for complaints. Basically, I think if we look at the, at the newspapers, everything that comes there in the front page uh, has architecture in it. If we think of geopolitical tensions, if we think of environmental issues, if we think of new projects, uh, all of them, new kind of general projects like the Green New Deal, for instance, all of them are loaded with architectural design. Immediately, it's a discussion about housing, it's a discussion about territory, it's a discussion about fences, it's a discussion about borders, it's a discussion about architectural elements. So as you say, basically, we're there already, and it's our task not only to be there, but to bring there many of the values, many of the capacities, many of the traditions that architecture treasures and also being able to invent new situations to make it possible to multiply the terrain of the possible, to think like these are not the only options. We have many, many, many others and we can provide or kind of bring trust on them and make other people believe that they're worth it. And of course that needs work, that needs invention, that needs images, visualizations, convincing arguments, also convincing designs, new technologies, new ways of dealing with existing technologies. And that's our job, basically. And that's why I find that there's no time for pessimism or we really have to work. And basically, we need to use all that energy into reinventing the way our societies, our territories, our space works, basically. So design is everywhere and everything needs to be redesigned and, and rethought. And it's something that you now, in your position as uh, you know, the director of the um, AAD program here uh, uh, at GSAP, you know, you're bringing all of this to the program, which was already very much um, a, a, a sort of space of um, critical engagement, a space of argumentation, a space of experimentation, but you've expanded that to, to, um, to sort of uh, um, push or invite students to consider um, questions of scale and, 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 and how to work collaboratively with other disciplines, etc. Tell us a little bit about some of the transformations you've brought already to the program. Well, I think the program is a legendary program that brings together some of the most interesting students around the world that already have a degree and already have questions and sensitivities. What I think is uh, the great potential of the AAD now is that uh, it's putting together an ecosystem in which people can bring here their questions. What Not only what they know, but what they know that they don't know and that they want to develop. And they could find a place to do that. And basically, we believe that architecture is relevant and that architecture can make, make a change, basically. And we're supporting all these sensitivities to grow at something that could transform the world. And we're in the center somehow of many discussions by being in Colombia, by being in New York, but also by being in the world in the way we are, in a very independent way, in a way that we believe that we can reinvent the way things work. 
And that means also to break down the discussions into a number of new terrains in which architecture can find, and it's already finding, an opportunity to grow and to bring relevance. Of course, we are in, a, in an environmental paradigm, which means that architectural artifacts don't work alone. They're part of larger systems and larger ecosystems in which basically their autonomy is not really something that is that exciting. What is exciting is the way they relate to other things. And we also know that there's a number of uh, challenges that the world is facing now from, from, from climate change to the way we can think of borderless societies. So the way we can bring uh, accountability into existing networks of technology or the way we can uh, do architecture be operative in, tiny, in the tiny scales where many of the biology uh, or, or many of the sciences and the inter social interaction is happening now. And we, can, we need also to find ways for architecture to bring urbanity and to bring forms of sophisticated interaction in the articulation on, of the online world and the offline world. So there's a number of terrains in which we're working, in which the AED program has been able to mobilize probably some of the most exciting and intelligent and equip people to discuss this. And we're very happy to convene the students that have those questions and that can bring them to this ecosystem. As with many things, it's, you know, the sort of excitement happens often uh, a little bit at the at the kind of periphery, at the sort of space where there is the most flexibility to um, experiment. And this question of scale, which transpires, you know, really um, across all of the programs at the school, uh, is really crucial now to the AAT program, which is um, it's not about uh, declaring that the scale of the building um, is the only scale. It's really about, you know, defining architecture across all these scales and what the intervention, the design intervention can be as we stage new relationships, whether they are kind of at the scale of a territory, at the scale of, you know, a small kind of material encounter um, and, and, and representation. And, I mean, the school has always been kind of a, a, a sort of space of experimentation with drawing and with digital sort of expression, etc. And now... I mean, the drawings that are coming out are like just kind of so, they're planetary is what I like to, um, to think. And do you, do you think that, you know, through these new modes of representation and, and kind of hybridizing analog and digital again in new ways, uh, we can kind of find ways to, to recast this question of scale? Yeah, I think this is... This is a little bit of the core of many of the discussions that we're having. In a way, we see that in the past there was this distinction that architects would work at a very particular scale and they would care about that scale only. And there would be planners, urban designers, thinking of the larger scales, and then there would be industrial designers or other people looking at the smaller scales. But that's not the case anymore. And we're here in GSAP and in the AAD championing a, a change of paradigm in which basically we understand that whatever, whatever architectural artifact uh, to gain a role in transforming contemporary times basically needs to operate simultaneously at many different scales. It doesn't mean that it has to be at the same time an urbanistic project and a tiny microscopical project. It's that at whatever scale it operates, it's somehow creating an effect and gaining an agency in those other scales. And that's why we think, we believe that there's a great need to look carefully to what is the way 
architects design buildings because what they're what we're doing basically has the possibility in what we're doing looking at transformations that could happen at tiny scales at large scales from the work that we do this is something that somehow it's a reflection on the world and the way it uh, is challenged now and what is the way that the times that we operate are not only the kind of 10 years of a building to be kind of assessed but it's something that also have a geological dimension that has to do with the materials that is, it mobilizes that has to do with its consumptions and therefore needs to be uh, taking care and catering for processes that are 1,000 years long. But also, it's about the way, for instance, tiny, tiny transformations, chemical processes or biological processes are happening in microseconds. And what is the way that the decisions that we take at the scale of the building are also transforming and making an imp and having an impact in those other scales? This is something that was not uh, the discussion 10 years ago. And that's something that I love that the AED has the, the speed to grab these things and to champion them into the discipline. You mentioned 10 years ago, and it's interesting for me, you know, as, as we think about scale, of course, you know, the volume of SMLXL that Cool has left for us as an enigma on the question of scale. And yet that, you know, that framing of scale in SMLXL is still... Um, uh, relatively conventional in terms of there are still kind of boundaries um, between the kind of physical scale of these different architectural intervention. But the notion of scale you're bringing is actually quite different. It's a sort of um, much more um, sort of f almost fluid um, or, or, or actually there is no difference between the small and the big. You just have to zoom in and it's actually the same scale. It's what we complain about when we, with our students, you know, who are absorbed in the computer and can't tell the difference. But maybe that is um, a positive that we can actually kind of turn on its head somehow. And it's a question about representation and that's why we're doing such a big effort on that and we're uh, also creating a lot of debate by uh, conveying the results of those those experiments that we're doing. But it's a question about uh, how do we represent the parts that in the past were not carefully looked at? What is the way that we see the effects of a building decision in the larger time? Or what is the way that we can, by taking a tiny decision on, for instance, the surface of a building, initiate a process that in the long run will have a huge impact environmentally. And that's something that, that's why we're developing uh, experiments in representation, and many students here are working on the way processes that in the past would remain invisible could become visible and therefore critical, and also a terrain for design and for reinvention. So in a way, by saying and by claiming that architectural artifacts are transcalar or interscalars, basically we also uh, uh, take the responsibility of representing them like that and then finding the gates and the opportunities to, to use that as a source of opportunities for design. And this is crucial because what we do in the AED is about design. We engage with theory, we engage with criticality because we believe that uh, that criticality, criticality basically expands our capacity to design and our capacity to design in an innovative way that reinvents uh, and to address the challenges the, the planet now is facing. 
Continuing on this topic of scale, you are launching the Climate Summits with David Benjamin, who is now leading the Advanced Studio. And it's the question is climate, you know, climate change at the scale of the building. So we're not leaving the building behind. We're actually sort of also putting it back as a scale that we should re-examine with fresh eyes now that we've kind of exploded um, these these notions somehow. Do you want to tell us a little bit about what your hope is for those climate summits? Climate change is challenging many things in our times, basically. So often it's discussed as something that has to do with policies, that has to do with ways of using buildings or daily practices, of course. But it's the moment also to look at the scale of buildings, to look at walls, windows, floors, pots with flowers, uh, lamps, uh, systems, ways of performing uh, daily life in buildings, but also ways for buildings to be uh, constructed in particular places to, make, to be made evolve. And all these things are crucial when it comes to discuss climate change. So we believe that is the moment to specifically address that from the perspective of buildings. Also because uh, we, we know how powerful design is and we know how much of a difference design can bring in cli into climate change if we carefully look at the way buildings are done and their impact on climate. This is something that also has to do uh, with an attitude. An attitude on the one side of being very specific at what we do. We believe design is something very complex that has a theoretical dimension, a political dimension, but also the great capacity to change things. And we don't think it's subsidiary from other sources of knowledge. So it's not that knowledge is produced somewhere else and then is brought to design, and design kind of repeat uh, what is thought already in another discipline, is that we believe that the field of design has a criticality, and that's what we do here connect that criticality with the decision making when it comes to design. So basically we want to track back what is the way that by designing design decisions, we're engaging in a whole political and theoretical dimension that we should be responsible, taking responsibility for. Because also that's the way that we will invent the architecture and the design processes that will face climate change. Thank you so much, Andres. It's so refreshing to hear that, you know, really design, architecture are forms of knowledge uh, and, and certainly critical, I hope, forms of knowledge that can contribute to, uh, to sort of recasting this moment we're in to try to find new ways to intervene but also imagine alternative um, options for the future. So I'm so glad to have you. Thank you so much for being yes. with us today. Thank you. This podcast was produced by Columbia GSAP. You can find more information about the school on our website at arc.columbia.edu.